Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Uh, Gulf Coast Apollo chapter of the Lynx Incorporated. I am glad to see you all here. Uh, I, I recall that you all were here last year, almost immediately after the storm. Uh, you'll notice we might have swept a little bit since then. Uh, there might have been a little bit of cleaning up. Uh, I don't remember if we even had the walls back up that time. I know we were on carpet and we had just got rid of the, the pews because we discovered that they were particle board and falling apart to the touch. Uh, but those things were an effect of Hurricane Harvey. And there were some uh, 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 theological scholars uh, that were out there saying that Hurricane Harvey was a punishment from God. Uh, that we had turned away from God and God was here to, to serve us and, and, and serve us our just desserts of our punishment for God. Now that is an interesting theological proposition promulgated by the pastoral pundits talking about pastoral punishment. A big old five dollar word uh, for, for uh, theodicy why the bad things happen in the world. When I allow me to retort to that uh, using uh, all of that education that I got at the graduate level matriculating at the Perkins School of Theology allow me to offer a retort Come on. <clears throat> Come on back. Nuh-uh. with me to the ninth chapter of Hebrews, starting with the 23rd verse. Again, that is Hebrews 9, verse 33. And when you have it, it ask all that are physically able to please stand for the reading of God's word. Hebrews 9, 23. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. God's word for God's people and God's people said amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor on the way down and say neighbor, neighbor. Once, is enough. once is enough. Amen. You may be seated. Once is enough. On the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918 Hostels ceased. 11, 11, 11, exactly 100 years ago today. 
World War I had been going on for four long years, leaving over nine million soldiers dead and 21 million wounded. Germany, Russia, and France, and Great Britain each lost around a million soldiers. The United States lost 116,000, about twice the number that was killed in Vietnam. Uh, by the end of the war, Germany was running out of soldiers and supplies, and the country was facing an imminent invasion. So on November 11th, 1918, German leaders met with Allied leaders on a railroad car in France, and there they signed an armistice agreement, a temporary suspension of hostilities towards each other. So World War I was over. And no more blood would be shed. Right. Uh, one year later, November 11th, was declared in many countries to be Armistice Day. It became a federal holiday in the United States in 1938. And, and later in the aftermath of World War II and the Korean War, uh, the, the November 11th Armistice Day was then changed to Veterans Day. And that day is now uh, dedicated to American veterans of all our wars. Uh, in Canada, they call it Remembrance Day. Uh, and red poppies are sold to raise money for the veterans. Ain't that something? Actually doing something to help the veterans instead of, you know, running on a party platform that you're for the veterans and mm -hmm. you've been on the golf course oh, more times than you've yeah. been out for the USO shows. Amen. Amen. Saying you're for the veterans and you ain't been to one Joe military Joe. base off of yep. uh, American, so I'm sorry, excuse Amen. me. Uh, 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 actually doing something uh, about the veterans instead of trying to say you are for them and cut their VA benefits. Do something for them. And so these mm -hmm. poppies, these flowers are symbols of World War I. And they're tied, uh, the, 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 the symbols and the flowers, they begin to grow after the burial of falling soldiers in Flanders Field, a cemetery in Belgium. And there's a poem called Flanders Field by John McCrae that has the lines in the poem, In Flanders, Flanders Fields, the poppies blow between the crosses row on row. We are the dead short days ago. We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. And so in Great Britain and in some other countries, uh, there's two minutes of silence normally observed at 11 a.m. on every November 11th. Something to think about. But they take this time to honor the sacrifice yes. that the veterans made. And we have been observing this holiday over 100 years. And the fact that this opportunity, this, this, this opportunity to think about sacrifice falls on a Sunday uh, gives us an opportunity to reflect on the veterans who gave their lives. And, and the color for that day is normally red from the poppies of Flanders Field to the blood that has been sacrificially shed. But today I want to talk just a little bit about the remembrance of sacrifice. 
Those red poppies are associated with veterans, and there's something else that I can think of that uh, red would bring to remembrance. Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Uh, when veterans make their sacrifice, they give up their own security for the security of others. Uh, they put themselves in harm's way to protect the family members and the friends and the neighbors and those who have gone before us. They see the danger up there and they go towards the danger instead of running away. And we see that same example, uh, an even greater example, when we look at our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, who showed a willingness to lay down his life for a friend. Uh, the author starts off in the text uh, talking about a tabernacle and, and, uh, and a tent and a temporary place of worship where the people of God were worshiping before they got a more permanent place to worship. Uh, but not only was the tabernacle a, a, a temporary place, it was a copy of the heavenly tabernacle. So during the times of Moses, when they were going around, they didn't have a church house to worship in. They didn't need all the comforts that we have, the nice chairs we sit on and, and, and the, 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 the air controlled and the heating controlled and the windows to protect them from the elements. They just needed a spot to worship. They weren't worried about parking spaces or going over all these things. They just needed a spot to worship. I don't imagine they get all mad if somebody sat on their reserved pew. They just looked for a spot to worship. And they had this temporary tabernacle or tent or a temporary place of worship. And eventually they got from a temporary place of worship. Uh, uh, David was supposed to build the temple, but he had too much blood on his hands. Yeah. So yeah, his yeah, son yeah. had to build the temple. All right. Uh, there's a sermon in there about forgiveness and consequences, but I won't talk about that today. I, I won't talk about how, yes, David was forgiven and, and the Lord knew his heart, but he still had some consequences to his actions. I ain't talking about that today. I'm just, just bringing that up because it's up here. You know, there's, there's those different things. There's, there's consequences uh, to your actions. Yes, Moses was forgiven, but Moses didn't go into the promised land. Joshua had to carry them into the promised land. He was forgiven, but there was still some consequences to the action. And so Moses had a tabernacle, uh, a temporary place of worship, but, uh, and David was supposed to build the temple, but David didn't get to build the temple. Solomon had to build the temple. Yeah. And so when Solomon had to build the temple, it was three stages uh, to the temple. Uh, if you, you spend some time on your own in your leisure reading, going through Chronicles and Numbers and Kings, they'll talk a little bit about it. But it was three stages. They had an outer court and they had an inner court and they had a holy of holies. And in these times, uh, during those times, the high priest was the only person that was allowed to go into the holy of holies. There was a veil behind there. And even when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies where God was supposed to be, they tied a rope around the high priest. Why? Because when he crossed over into that veil, if he wasn't holy, he might have died. Yeah. Yeah. Is the mic? Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and so they tied this rope around him. And so if he went in and he wasn't right and he fell dead, nobody else would have to die trying to go in there to get him out. We'll just pull on the rope. 
I knew something was wrong with pastor. Mm-hmm. And so they pull on this rope. But every year at one time a year, the day of atonement, they would call it, he would go into the holy of holies with a sacrifice, the blood of another, a lamb, a bull, or something that had been slain. He would sprinkle a little of that blood on the altar in the holy of holies. And what he was doing when he was doing that was the remission of the people's sins for that year. He would have to go in there year after year uh, with the blood of another, sprinkle that blood on the altar for the remission of the people's sin. And he'd do it over and over and over again. You were good for 2016, but I got to go back in for 2017. You were good for 2017, but now it's got to go back in for 2018, the Day of Atonement. And so all of that is in the background till we get to the point of what we're reading. And the author of Hebrews is telling them that, yes, uh, during these times before Jesus Christ came, uh, the, the high priest would have to go into the Holy of Holies on your behalf because you wasn't good enough to approach the throne. The high priest had to go before you and put a little bit of a sprinkle of blood, the blood of another on there over and over again. But now that Christ has come, yes. there's no need for anybody to go to the altar for you. Because Christ has come, there's no need for anybody to go on your behalf. You had the best possible advocate you could ever have. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who was and is and is to come. He went on your behalf and now that he went on your behalf, you don't need anybody to go for you. And so now we go from an earthly sanctuary to the heavenly sanctuary and there's this sprinkle of blood but the sprinkle of blood is coming from the source of the blood and that's Christ himself Uh, had Christ's sacrifice been equivalent to the sacrifice of the temple priest then he would have had to begin enduring suffering over and over and over again from the foundation of the world But the author of Hebrews is telling us that he came to remove the sin by not walking in with the blood of somebody else. Not walking in with the blood of a sacrificed animal. Not walking in with the blood of a lamb. But walking in with the blood of the lamb who was slain. Now behold the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Ah. And so he offered a sacrifice, and this this new high priest that we call Jesus Christ didn't walk in with somebody else's blood. He brought in his own blood, and it wasn't a sprinkle of blood that would get us from one year to the next. His sacrifice was all of the blood. He gave all of the blood so that he could save all of us. Not a partial sacrifice, but he gave his all. He took on our sin so that we wouldn't have to be suffering from the penalty and the power and the presence of sin. 
blood not his own and he once appeared to die for us and he now appears to pray for us and he is our advocate and he appears in the presence of God on our behalf and he'll not only do that but he will come again so he is purifying our past sins and mediating for us in the presence and going to deliver us in the future Jesus loves us and he is fighting for us. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, yes. Christ's sacrificial act, does, it does away with the sin. One, scholar, one biblical scholar by the name of Richard Nelson said it was an act that removed the obstacle that blocked the relationship between God and God's people. The death of Jesus saves us from our sins by giving us a new path for our lives, one that changes us to follow Christ in a way of love. And when we put our faith in him and really trust him to be our Lord, we are able to love God and love our neighbor in a new way. Our lives are enriched by the love of Christ instead of being corrupted by a sinful separation from God and our neighbor. Uh, Gulf Coast Apollo chapter of the Lynx Incorporated, I am glad to see you all here. Uh, I recall that you all were here last year almost immediately after the storm. Uh, You'll notice we might have swept a little bit since then. Uh, There might have been a little bit of cleaning up. Uh, I don't remember if we even had the walls back up that time. I know we were on carpet and we had just got rid of the the pews because we discovered that they were particle board and falling apart to the touch. Uh, But those things were an effect of Hurricane Harvey. And there were some uh, 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 theological scholars uh, that were out there saying that Hurricane Harvey was a punishment from God. Uh, That we had turned away from God and God was here to to serve us and and, and serve us our just desserts of our punishment for God. Now that is an interesting theological proposition promulgated by the pastoral pundits talking about pastoral punishment. (laughs) A big old five dollar word for for, uh, theodicy, why the bad things happen in the world. When I allow me to retort to that, uh, using uh, all of that education that I got at the graduate level, matriculating at the Perkins School of Theology, allow me to offer a retort. Come on, Come on back. <clears throat> Nuh-uh. <laughs> Nuh-uh. <laughs> I, I got some Bible for that. Uh, uh, Romans 5, 6 and 9, 6 through 9 says, while we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now being justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him Uh, 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 I got some more bible for that Uh, but he was wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace is upon him by his stripes we are healed there is no punishment that was designed from God for that 
any punishment that was supposed to come from God was taken care of over 2,000 years ago on the cross. He took every one of our sins and nailed them to the cross with us. Ain't no punishment. Hurricane Harvey ain't no punishment from God. It might be a punishment for us pouring too much concrete and, and, and cheaping out on some drainage systems. But there ain't no punishment from God. Our punishment has been taken care of. Uh, the path is challenging, but, uh, but fortunately we don't have to walk it alone. We know that D. Bruce tells us that Jesus is going to appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. He already took care of what we needed to once was enough. Uh, when, he sat, when he got on that cross that one time, that was enough for your sins and my sins and everybody's sins. Once is enough. Uh, uh, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Jesus took care of all of that way back on Calvary. Uh, the armistice was signed at a particular point on 11-11-11, and our veterans have served in a variety of wars which have a, a beginning and an end. Uh, I'll say that again. Uh, they served in these wars, and they gave a sacrifice that we are all grateful for but they have a beginning and an end. Uh, I, I, I am reminded of a, a theological scholar by the name of David Chase and Ed Simon who, who uh, put together uh, that theological treaty, that piece called The Wire. And, and on The Wire, it's a story about these, Af uh, these uh, uh, cops in Baltimore that were talking and, and they were only fighting the drug trade. And one person called this a war on drugs. And, and the other police officer said, this is not a war. And he said, how can you say this is not a war? Wars end. And so we honor the veterans who have fought and, and did, served in these wars that had a beginning and an end. But the saving work of Jesus Christ... Uh, the work that Christ did on the cross has no end. It goes on from when he did it back on Calvary and will go on until the end of time. Uh, and I like this in verse 3 where he talks about, uh, the, uh, I mean, verse 28 where it says, Well, Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. I like that because there is a, there's a play on the words in the Greek between offer and bear. Uh, both of them in the Greek come from the same root word. And, and, and there's a relationship between uh, uh, to offer something and, and, and to bear something. See, when you offer something, uh, you, you give it up for somebody to accept. And when you bear something, you take on the brunt of it. You carry it. You offer it support. So Jesus offered up his life for us yes, freely. Did. And bared the sins of the world. 
of the outcome of this sacrifice and his second appearance that those who are eagerly waiting for him will be saved. And I like that it just says that. There's no identity marker for it. There's no uh, qualification on it. It says those who are eagerly waiting for him will be saved. That means I ain't got a heaven or a hell to put none of y'all in. And y'all ain't got a heaven or a hell to put nobody else in. It doesn't matter where you were born. It don't matter if you got 15 degrees or you can't conjugate a verb properly. Jesus still died for both of them. It doesn't matter if you got all the money in the bank or you don't can't rub two pennies together. Jesus still died for both of them. Ah, this sacrifice and second appearance, uh, no further identity is made. Christ has served once and for all as the high priest and the sacrificial victim who is ultimately able to provide us final salvation. And he did it one time. And once is enough. There is no need to come back over and over and over again. Christ's work was good once and enough. And he not only... They, the, the, the priest, the chief priest before Jesus had a sprinkle of blood. But I'm so glad that Jesus gave it all. He paid it all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain and it washed me white as snow. I run across some people that have a problem trying to talk about the blood. I don't understand how you can be a Christian and talk and be scared to talk about the blood. It was that blood that saved us. It was that blood that washes our sin away. It's that blood that holds us together. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, how precious is the flow that washes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never, ever, ever lose its power. It'll never lose its power. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.